welcome to the Boom or Bust NRL Fantasy Podcast 2024. If you like what you hear today, make sure to follow us at Boom or Bust NRL on Facebook and Instagram and subscribe to the podcast. Welcome to the Boom or Bust NRL Fantasy Podcast Parramatta Eels preseason preview for 2024. I'm your host, Stuart Lord, and I'm joined by Nick, a stats guru, fantasy nugget, and Beau Furmore, SA extraordinaire. How are you going, Nick? <coughs> yeah, good mate. Good mate. How's it going? What a do, baby. <laughs> going all right, mate. Cracking a tinny, mate. That's it. It's about that time. Look, we got Parramatta Eels possibly looking for a bounce back year this year. I think that they will be back pushing eight. I think if they 100%. Act, I think they've got the talent to push for the four. Whether they got the mindset to push for the four with the players they got, I don't know, but they certainly have the talent, right? Mate, inside word was that their word to describe the season last year was selfish. It started obviously with the Maddo uh, cheapskate wouldn't pay the fine. He preferred to take a suspension and keep collecting checks than to just pay a fine and play the games. So it started there and then obviously Dylan Brown saga. So uh, there are a few other things around the club as well, but those were the two main ones and that just absolutely sunk their season. That's um, it. They they didn't really have a chance to spite all the uh, talent they possess, you know. That's it. Adding Mitch Moses uh, breaking his face, uh, Wonga Blake stinking the side up, uh, you know, injuries in the middle as well. I think Campbell Gillard got injured for a while. So, so he, he got suspended, I think, too, and so did uh, Mike Acevo, cup to suspension. So, yeah, it was pretty ugly. That's it. And Sean Lane was injured from preseason trials. Broken jaw, broken arm, just bad all around for him. Um, yeah, mate, the giraffe couldn't get going, could he? Oh, and Josh Hodgson uh, started slow, finished retired. Yeah, mate, speaking of, in terms of the losses for the Eels, Josh Hodgson, as you mentioned, is Gornski's, together with Andrew Davey, who's uh, popped many concussions on him. Waka Blake uh, put out to pasture with St. Helens and Jack Murchie, who uh, Stu was extremely high on. He had him as an absolute lock boom last year. Huddersfield Giants, the Super League as well. He <laughs> can boom uh, for so- <laughs> I'm not sure I had him as a boom, but he certainly wanted more from him than the frigging Huddersfield Giants. Jeez, Louise. How about the gains, mate? Surely, surely after a disappointing year, they went out big, dominated the market. I don't know, mate. Uh, Sam Loizu, he's with the Tigers on a trend trial. Who knows who that guy is? Best luck there, mate. But, but tell me who they bought. Tell me about these amazing people that they bought with all this money. Uh, it's actually not too bad. So, Kelma Tuolangi is in from the Seagulls and Morgan Harper, whose uh, probably career highlight is getting trucked by Talakai. <laughs> okay. So, a couple of depth signings. Jeez, Louise. Okay. Well, I don't... No, no, no. Everyone likes Tuolangi. He's definitely got potential. Still young. Um, good. He's a good edge, but obviously not good enough to crack this side um, with some pretty good veterans here, really. Um, how are the injuries, mate? Uh, look, the injuries. Well, well, how about I talk us through the side first? So, oh, yeah. yeah, before we we jump on there. So, look at fullback. I uh, got Clint Gutherson on the wings. We're predicting Sean Russell and Mike Acevo on at centre. Will Penasini and Bailey Simonson. Uh, halves: Dylan Brown, Mitch Moses. Props: Ryan Campbell Gillard, Junior Paulo. I've got Joey Lussick at hooker, though it's probably still a shootout there. Sean Lane and Bryce Cartwright on the edges. Jermaine Hopgood locking down the pack on the bench. A uh, bit of a crapshoot at the moment. I was had Brendan Hands, but uh, BA has come out saying he wants an 80-minute hooker. So really, we're probably talking about Kelma Tuolagi, Ryan Madison, uh, Wiramu Greg, Joe Offengawi, some sort of combination of players like that. 
Um, so let's have a look at the injuries. So nothing which brings into the season. So Rumor Greg had a foot injury, uh, which is now resolved. Makahisi uh, Makatoa had a peg injury. He'll be back round one, pushing for a bench spot. Ben Gutherson, he'll be back from the knee injury round one. Junior Paulo with the toe round one. Dejernasi with the finger round one. And Arthur Miller-Steven has unfortunately done his knee and will be back in 2025. So you will not see him coming through pushing for a spot. So Nick, let's get to the all-important stuff here. Because, you know, we're pretty high on the Parramatta Eels, but part of it is this strength of schedule. Talk us through it. Um, mate, it's uh, the first buy is round nine. Second buy is round 16, which is a major buy round. And the third buy is round 20, which is a minor buy round. So in terms of teams they have twice, they have the Broncos, the Bulldogs, the Panthers, the Rabbitohs, Roosters, Seagulls, Storm, and Tigers. Now, overall, mate, third hardest, which is a bit gore. Okay, but as I said, we've got to slice and dice it. Rounds mm-hmm. 1 to 12, they're the fifth easiest. Origin period, they're the fourth hardest. And, mate, the run home rounds 21 to 27, they're the second hardest. So it's pretty solid from a buy schedule point of view with non-origin guns really being available for the two of the three major buy rounds, which is nice. And the important round 13 when you're looking at round one drafting. So Eels have a pretty soft first first seven rounds, mate. So they got the Bulldogs at home round one. They do have the Panthers away round two, which isn't great. They got the Seagulls at home, though. Round three, followed by the Tigers, the Raiders, the Cowboys at home, which is a good one, and the Dolphins at home. They then run into an absolute buzzsaw, mate, from round 10 onwards. So this is after their bye. they got the Broncos at home round 10, the Storm away from Magic Round, the Rabbitohs away, the Sharks at home. The Sharks are pretty much unaffected by Origin in round 13. Um, the Origin period is pretty hard in general, but their run home is an absolute gauntlet until they finish with the Dragons in round 26 and the Tigers round 27. But check this back. Storm round 26 at home. To, uh, sorry, to round 21 at home. They then have the Warriors in New Zealand in round 22. They then uh, host the Panthers in round 23. And then the Roosters away round 24. And then the Broncos and Suncorp from round 25. <laughs> I, just think, I just think that is absolute yuck. So just to recap that, Storm, Warriors, Panthers, Roosters, Broncos, that could be like the top Five, and really. only one of those is at home, which is the Panthers. And the Panthers will be calling it home from 2025 as well. Yeah, so so not great. This is just super yuck. And I'll be wary again the Eels attacking players for that final run home. As it is brutal. Obviously, they got they finished with the Dragons and Tigers. So they might put up like a cricket score against each of them. But, um, you know, how much pain are you going to cop in that meantime? So um, who wants – do you want to kick it off, Stu, or do you want me to? Mate. I'll I'll give you the honours tonight. Okay. Um, well, I start with uh, Sean Lane, five fifty eight k, lots of interest at that price point, forty one break even, mate. He was an absolute bust last year. He lost around two hundred fifty k after being an absolute revelation in twenty twenty two. He pretty much had a career worst year in twenty twenty three, averaging thirty six after a career best year really in twenty twenty two when he averaged fifty three, so seventeen point slide, which is just gross. Basically, every statistic is down. Uh, as Stu mentioned, he was plagued by injuries. He just couldn't really get it going, and then eventually the season was written off. From a PPM point of view, he's gone from 0. 0.7 in 2022, which is pretty good for an edge, to 0. 0.6 in 2023. So, <laughs> mate, it's not like he could return to 2022 form. I don't think it's unrealistic. He, I just think he's a really, really solid option if you believe in parent. He's going to get that full 80. As we mentioned, lurking on the benches to Alangi, we're not quite sure whether he might eat into 
say, Bryce Cartwright's minutes or Sean Lane's. Uh, I mean, you'd lean Cartwright, but we're not quite sure at the moment. So um, Sean Lane's a, definitely a potential boom. Just got to understand his minutes, see if he gets the full 80. If he gets a full 80, I think he's definitely a goal, right? That's it. Well, we can see him close to that uh, 750K mark, which he was sitting around for a little while. So that's where, you know, that interest lies in Sean Lane. Absolutely. Um, the king, my king, King Guffo, 627K, 46 break even. Look, I was absolutely high on him last year, mainly from a schedule point of view. He just fit really nicely because the wing fullbacks was an absolute gauntlet last year. He had four games over 70, eight games over 50, but really he just isn't an option for round one from a value point of view. I just don't think he's really going to crack it. I know he had that knee injury from around, I think, 18 onwards. He just sort of busted his knee. He wasn't really moving very well. He played the rest of the season sort of hurt. Um, but really, I just don't see much value there despite being able to go big. Um, Bryce Cartwright, absolute revelation on the edge. Really resurrected his career last year. 667K with a 49 break even. As I said, he was one of the cash, car, cash cows the last year, reaching heights not seen since 2016 when he was the absolute prodigy out in the West at Penrith. Um, uh, I just don't see an avenue for it getting better for him in 2024 than it was last year. He averaged 53.3 into full 80 in 18 games. So, look, there's a little bit of value, but not quite, you know, the high 50s, sort of low 50s. Uh, Interestingly, he averaged better uh, with Moses and without Dylan Brown. So when Dylan Brown was gone, he actually averaged 58. Uh, So he obviously got more ball and a bit more... Judy's down that right-hand side. Um, it's all just get for you to say he's going to go better. It really is just guessing, really. So he's definitely got the potential there. But um, you know, for that sort of price, if you had that money spent on edge, I would lean both formal, um, to be honest, or you just cash down to another edge. There's plenty of edge options. Um, there's an absolute uh, buffet of options, really. Right, Stu? Yeah, uh, that, that's edge. it. Like uh, I. Yeah, Bryce Cartwright is one of those guys where, look, he could average 60 for a few games in a row, like, and he did last year. Like, I'm just, I'm just pulling him up now, right? Uh, he had some brilliant run of games, which, and so many people are a holder, but, and he seems to lock down that position. So, like, you know, uh, multiple 60, 70 point games, but then there were a few games where he sort of clocked off a little bit. And that's, that's where that concern comes in, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, Look, it's just tough. You just don't show much bully to him and get once you put where, games where Dylan Brown not, back in. Games where they're not able to bully the opposition pack. So I'm having a look here. The Broncos, you know, the Broncos were monstering sides early in the middle, mm, right? Mm. He got a 26 in 80. Uh, mm. Rabbitohs round 12 before the wheels came off, but they're still playing tough through the middle. 45 with a try. Warriors round 19, tough middle side, 38 in 74. Like it's just uh, Broncos again round 24, 33. He's just a little bit vulnerable. Against those tougher squads, mm, mm. so yeah, totally agree, totally agree. So um, he's not really a round one pickup. I mean, he could do it. It's just a bit more risk. I think there's better value options elsewhere. For sure. Um, now onto the fantasy god of last year, Jermaine Hopgod, eight thirty seven k, sixty one break even. He's the absolute gold standard DPP last year, absolute gem. So he averaged. Averages 65.6 in 17 games at lock over seven over 60 minutes, sorry. But once you go over 70 minutes, that averages 72.9 in 76 minutes. Give the man 80 minutes and he'll crack, I reckon, 75 or something like that, mate. 
So let's just hope that BA comes to his senses, plays both Hopgood and Madison together. That would just be absolutely amazing. The Eels were number one in offloads last year with 13.7. To give you context for that, number two was the Tigers with 12. Below that was the Broncos with 10.8. So they're well and truly um, above the rest of the league in offloads. And I think they should lean into that more utilizing those two on the pitch at the same time. Mm. Yeah, well, look, it's certainly Jermaine Hopgood's really guys interested me. So the only thing which I've been thinking about is ever since he's been in my squad, because you do get him at about a 43k discount over Payne Haas. Mm. For a guy who, when I did the numbers run on him, when he gets the minutes, uh, puts up a very similar score. The issue is, what does the composition of the bench look like? Because if you had a bench of Kelmontolagi, Joe Offengowie, Rimu Gregg, and Ryan Madison, how does Jermaine Hopgood get 70 minutes? Totally agree. But his production doesn't drop off with the minutes. And, and that, but like the eye test backs it up. Like he just goes and goes and goes, you know. So I don't know how um, BA works out the minutes there between his forwards, right? Like maybe, maybe say to Polo, maybe spell him more. You know That's what I mean? That's true. Like I'm saying over 15 minutes, he averages 62, right? Over 70 minutes, as you said, he averages 73. Yeah. So 72 point. Nine. And yep. and that's like true. There are a couple of tries in there, but it's it's only a point three try scoring rate. So like two tries in that game. And like uh in two different games. But he's like averaging a ridiculous forty six point three tackles in those games. It's insane. And, and two point like, eight offloads to cool. hand. Exactly. It's insane. So they, they he, he makes a contact, turns around, gets the offload out the back, like, no problem. That's it. And they, and they and they rely on that. So they play such a high pace game. So it'd be interesting to see. Uh, Eels were they ranked last year? They were ranked um, definitely top four in total fantasy points. Yeah, and if you look at the good scores that they maybe, slapped out, yeah. right? Slapped out good scores against the Storm, although that went to Golden Point, uh, and he played the full almost the full stint. Um, Sharks and Panthers averaging seventy six. By the look of this, yeah, wow, yeah, it's pretty good, seventy seven. Yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah, he's he's very interesting when you consider, you know, um, Payne Haas maybe putting in cotton wool. You know, he's only what is is Payne Haas twenty four or twenty five? Twenty five. Yeah, I, look, I think I think they'll let Payne Haas do Payne Haas things with Tom Flegler gone. I think that true, true, true. Payne Haas might be able to run a little bit less wide with Flegler gone, uh, doing the hard middle runs, so he won't get as many of the tackle breaks and sort of better runs lines that he did last year. But I also think that Payne Haas will play Origin. And I'm not sure that Jermaine Hopgood does. Mm. So I th- he's mm. close, but if you have a look at that forward pack that they've got, you've got Paddy Carrigan, right? You've got Tino, uh, and then the guys around the squad. I think it's just very hard to choose them. Uh, Lindsay Collins, Mo Fodawaker, Corey Horsburgh. Like, he's around. I'm just not sure he's in. Yeah, tough to say, isn't it? That's it, because I'm not sure he's a prop. I think you'd have to play him 13. Mm. Anyway, mm. but so having a look at him, if you did pick him up as – your pain Haas or your one of your three guns that you probably want to start the season with. He does come mm. with DPP, which has a lot of flexibility. He does play round 13 and 14th uh, and 19, so which is excellent. And he plays the first eight rounds straight, which is also nice. So, yeah, very interesting, isn't he? Mm, mm. Would you uh, would you go Hopgood or would you save like the 40K and go down to DeBellin, 793? I'm just thinking... I've got DeBellin at the moment. I see that as a bit of a value 
um, but also a bit of a cost measure, you know, saving up from Haas. But would you go down to DeBellin from Hopgood or Hopgood's upside is just there, isn't it, with the 70s he can punch out? That's the thing. So, look, at the moment, I and it, we're not as sure with Flano what's going to happen in that squad. Great point. Great so, point. I am currently, I've got Hopgood in my current draft squad. But the Dragons bench sucks, so they need to pull it out there. It does. You know? So, oh, yeah. God. Francis Molo, Michael Molo, Dan Russell, and Paul Turner. That's a bleak bench, mate. That is a... Oh, God. I'm a sadly starting prop. This is crap Dragons life. Anyway. That's true. Although he was he was starting over at the Roosters, uh, sorry, the Rabbitohs too, so Harmon Sally's not the worst. Was he starting? Wow. Yeah, he was starting over there. Yeah, Because uh, Burgess spent the last couple of years off the, on the bench. Yeah, uh, right. Anyway, uh, so let's get to the other side uh, of the board. So let's quickly talk about a couple of guys. So Mitch Moses. So he's a really interesting buy of those who want second hun- uh, second gun half but don't want to pay for Cleary or Hines. So you other, like both of them. Slight discount to the issues having his face broken and inconsistent halves partners, and the Eels should be back towards top eight. Fantasy-wise, however, 2023 was his best season uh, due to the fact that Dylan Brown wasn't there, and we can see him keep keeping up that type of scoring. Uh, there are better value options, like guys like Fogarty, who actually have points upside, but with his buy schedule, he also covers most of the origin period if he doesn't get picked to play. So he plays 13, 14, 17, and 19. So with that in mind, he is a guy who can, you know, you can captain in those ugly rounds where you won't have your origin players around. Mm, mm, super valuable um, having a guy like that. I mean, their origin period is is pretty rough. Um, but, yeah, having that availability is very juicy, isn't it? That's it. Look, uh, let's talk about Dylan Brown. So, Brown obviously had a lot of issues in 2024, missing between rounds 15 to 22. It's possibly the most elite 5 eighth in the game in terms of fantasy scoring. Had a historically down year in terms of attacking output, but still turned out a 55 average due to the fact that he's he makes a ton of tackles for a 5'8", so really gets stuck in, goes looking for work. So I'm looking to pick him up if I add at any point, probably during a dip, because at 759k, a 5'8", probably just is a bit too expensive, especially when he doesn't goal kick and doesn't do most of the place kicking. So, But he's still got base stats. They're just in running meters and tackles. So mm. he's just one where... I'm hoping that he goes through a little bit of a dip at some point. You pick him up, you stick him in your squad, and you enjoy the gains. Uh, let's go to Ryan Madison. Basically, Ryan Madison is a straight-up buy in the second row because his long-term average is 61, or at lock where he averages high 50s, and he's priced at 701k51. But he just can't crack the spot, starting spot due to his utility and his sulkiness. So just <laughs> avoid him. Until you see him in the second <laughs> row. If something happened to Bryce Cartwright or to um, uh, Elaine and Tulaga didn't get the spot, it was Maddo there, you would go, thank you, and you would chuck him in. I'd chuck him in the squad right now. He would be one of the top two or three second rowers in the comp as far as his potential average. Yeah, that DPP is so juicy, and that upside's definitely there. The offloads and... Uh all the attacking things he can do, right? That's it. He runs a pretty good line. And Mitch Moses does give – he's a short ball specialist. He's like the opposite of Luke Brooks. Right? <laughs> Luke Brooks is absolute murder for his outside guys, right? Can't tackle, can't defend. Mitchell Moses, for all his deficiencies, has a great boot and a beautiful running game and a great short pass. So he, um, yeah, he's great for it. But So get matter if he starts, avoid him if he doesn't. Uh Next, let's have a look at guys we really do need to talk about. So, Will Penasini. 
582k 42 break even. So he's gathering attention because it's been raised uh, that there are no major confirmed cheapies this year. So people are looking for discount guns. And Penasini fits the bill because he averaged 46 with Moses on the field, but only 27 when he was missing due to injury or origin. As a young T1 talent, he was the captain of the Kings uh, rugby squad, which had a Joseph Suwali in there. So you know that he's a very good talent, a reliable guy. And essentially the idea about buying a guy like Penasini, Nick, is that if you can't find cheapies like cashies to make money there, at least try and find guys with a little bit of upside who you won't have to spend a lot of trades on. Yeah, it's looking very barren in the cheapy market, isn't it? Just in general, um, trying to find 230, 250K guys who will play because that's the most important thing. There's no point having um, people that price just to not make any money. They need to be generating yeah. cash. So. Or, and guys or guys who you know are absolutely garbage in the spot, like uh, if Tommy Talao started, you still wouldn't trust him, right? Ben Chavojevic, for example, you know, guys who just, you know, they never go anywhere. That's it. Whereas, and like we might get an Iro from the Sharks, but really, that's you know only if Talakai gets benched. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, it's really barren at the moment. Something will appear. Um, we, we're just not quite. We're just not quite sure. That's just a. a um, everyone's hoping a TLT that's thing. It. Always, but, uh, always everyone's going to be stuck with mid three hundred sort of guys, right? As the cheap. That's it. Just- and and so Penison is the opposite to that sort of thinking, where instead of picking up a guy like Jesse Arthur's who you're yep. hoping has a breakout season, you pick a guy who there's a very good reason why he is at a slight discount. He's still in that, what I call like that tier two center price with Dan Gogo being at T1 by himself, right? So he's a tier two center um, at a discounted price. So you know that anyone who can average 46 with Moses around, you want in your squad. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Tommy Talao, Nick Cottridge are looking cheap, but you know who knows what sort of fantasy output they can produce. Oh, Nick right? Cottridge at Canberra, he just so many people have been absolutely set on fire, thinking, "Oh, well, look, he we have for sure." But he, you know, the guy who was playing for New South Wales has now gone to absolute dumpster fire. So well, back, back when he was with the Bulldogs, we were high on him, you know, a couple of seasons ago. Well, because so. he was going to play centre, get his hands on the ball a bit more. Yeah, but then they they didn't want. Yeah, it didn't work for anyone. Didn't work for the Bulldogs. Didn't work for him. No. Yeah, anyway, it's just it's just pretty uh crap the position until we get TLT. So just maybe maybe hold hold clear at the moment. Yeah. But yeah, Penasini, Bremen Best is interesting around the same sort of price point. Zach Lomax for five ninety one K, depending upon where he actually lands. You know, if he gets that fullback spot, maybe he's an option. Oh if you've got um, the fullback spot, I'll take him over Will Penasini in a quarter of a second. He won't because Sloan can't play anywhere else and they don't have enough talent to not Play him. They do. They do because they 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 actually um they've got a few good uh wing centers. So they got the Phenine brothers. So one of them they, can they've been told to rack him. off. What they they uh Fino wants to move them on. Matt's been told to leave. I think Max. Uh, sorry, Max has been told to leave. Matt's on his way. You're right. Okay. So it's disappointing because they they were part of this crop with the Sloan and Amone. So really, no, nothing's panning out for the Dragons. It sounds sounds like except for the Cashman brothers. Really, that's it. So. Anyway, uh, look, well, I've, Cody Ramsey's uh, intestines of you know. Got I, he's not going to play again this year, so well, he's 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 gone for probably forever. So anyway, there's going to be some value there with the dragon somewhere. I think there will be. But um, anyway, we'll be seeing on the side. We think it's going to go pretty well this year, uh, mm. especially for the first part of interest. Now, don't get trapped by Sean Russell, three eighty one k. He's got the twenty eight break even, uh, dual center wing fullback. If he starts, he's worth a look, but only if you're desperate as his long-term average at the wing is 30 
and his two starts are sitting. He's average 27. So really, you're buying him. He's going to go nowhere, and you're just going to trade him out once you get some cash from somewhere else. That may be what you have to do, but I, I'd still go Jesse Arthurs at that price point for 30 grand less uh, and some potential upside in versus Sean Russell. Sean Russell's a um, pretty good player, though, right? Like. He's decent. He can get. He, he can bag tries for sure. Uh, can he do anything else? That's the real question, right? That's it. And look, there's plenty of set, uh, wingers in the game who can cross the try line. The issue mm. is, is that sometimes they do, and then it um it just doesn't pan out well for them. Otherwise, he he, he busted out really well. I think it was round one, twenty twenty two. Scored three mm-hmm. tries in the first half. Got a knee in the ribs from Janine Campbell. Didn't play again. That, that was year. it. Yep, that's exactly it. And so he came back last year and he played and he just bounced around. Like his his average, he, there's a reason why he's priced at 27. He just bounced around there. And even at games he had at fullback when people were busted, again, not great scores. 18 against the Warriors, round 19. He must be doing something, though, to, for them to hang on to him because- They don't have anyone else. Want- they got no yeah. one. Everyone is injured or gone. Okay, let, let's, let me check reserve grab real quick. Reserve grade, oh, my God, averages 27. Yeah, avoid. Yuck. Okay. In 20 games in 2021 and 2022. I don't even have a soundboard for this one. It's like uh, – Yeah, that's uh, the one. Find it. <laughs> that's it. All right. It didn't make the list. Or, or to, to all people contemplating Sean Russell. That's it. All right. Let's talk about someone that we do. Two more people we got that we do want to talk about. Sorry for keeping this long. Bailey yep. Simonson, 473K, 43, sorry, 34 break even. He was the winger to start the year, but took a spot in the centers once Wonga Blake fell out of favor entirely. Averaged 45 between rounds 10 to 19 before sliding off later as the season went on. And basically the Paramount Eels season fell off the tracks. With a full preseason under his belt at the centre position and the all-important dual player position of wing fullback centre, could be a good option to have in your 2024 squad. So sometimes people don't have, oh, I'm not going to pay 600, 550 grand, 600 grand for a centre. Bailey Simonson at 473, I reckon is probably the best of those mid-range options. Yes, there are some guys like Justin Molem, but Justin Molem is that he's gone from one of the best clubs in the comp to the wooden spooners. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he shoots his club <laughs> and and he just he hadn't like I, i'm just having a look at these mid-range centers right like he, justin mullen won't know what him look at josh had a car the way that he's fallen off a cliff right yeah at a bad club like he just precipitous isn't it oh it can be because you just don't get the good ball you're not run by good people like it's just it's calamitous so having a look at the other centers around bailey simmons's price there's no one else worth playing. Like, would you rather have Moses Hooley or Bailey Simonson? Uh, yeah, actually, actually, a quick look at uh, Sully. It's pretty brutal, isn't it? Like, oh. didn't he average like 33? He was just crap last year as well. He'd have like one good running game. He's terrible. That's it. Yeah. Though he's got an extension. Maybe they're making him run extra case. Maybe they've done a valve to worry on him. No, he just doesn't get it. He's one of those guys that just doesn't get it. You can just yeah. see it. Look, Jake yeah. Ivarillo is the other guy around that price point who you could invest in. But again, he's played so many positions, Jake Avarillo. Like, I don't think he knows if he's an up, down, left, right, out. So, oh mate, I don't think anyone does, right? And and based upon you know where where could he play? Is he fullback? Is he center? Is he oh, look, a wing? If, if he plays fullback, I'll take him. But anywhere else, no. At the center, well, who knows? You know, like yeah, 
The only other guy around that price who has some interest is Tolotau Kula. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, there's potential there. Um, With Turbo back. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let me just. Uh, have you got those stats up? Uh, Kola with and without turbo. Are you looking at the same thing? I am looking at the exact same thing. So Tolotau Kula, I got it now. Okay. I wouldn't be surprised if it's like 10, 10 points, right? Difference. No, he actually scores better without turbo, but there aren't many games really? we played with turbo. So averages. Hold on, let's look at 23 because 23 It's about, it's about the same. In the centers, it's about the same. 29.5 without and 32 with. So Yeah, uh, moving uh, if I adjust it as well for 23. Uh, yeah. For 23, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. it is 34 with turbo, yep. 25 without. Well, there you go. So uh, At no. center because it's what happens is this fullback games. He went absolutely ballistic for two fullback games last year. Yep. He's got a 77, 110. That's what throws his average out. Your yeah, collar's like, what, 480? 490. That's, that's too much for a guy you're not really sure about, but you know. For 473, I'm just saying, if you're Bailey Simmonson, these are the other options around that price. Yeah, Bailey Simmonson, unfortunately, appears one of the better ones. Um, oh, so, so, oh Bron- Bronson Zeri, go to the saloon, right? I'm not sure he gets a start. I think he'll start this year in Reggie's. Oh, it's brutal. I, th- well, I, th- I think that they'll end up... Uh, Crichton? Th- You'd either have um, Crichton and Connor Tracy, or you'd have Karaz and play Connor on the wing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, mm. uh, Karaz. Karaz is the other guy I would have as a heartbeat. Though he's again a bit more expensive. If he's at, in the centres, averages forty-seven in the centres. Karaz is good anywhere, isn't he? He is, but he's priced at forty for his wing, right? Yep. And but as soon as you move on, look. Sorry, listeners at home, but. This is kind of what you go through when this happens. He averages 47.3 in the centers. And it, on the wing, uh, he averages 38. Yeah. Okay. So we're landing on- He's a good on... winger. He's close to an elite center. Okay. So we're landing on Karaz in that price bracket. Yeah. If he's playing center. <laughs> if he's playing center. Uh, him versus Penasini, if, if they're playing center. If um And we're leaning Simonson over- uh, cooler. But would Karaz be the left or right centre? Because that, that's important with the Bulldogs because that right-hand side does not go nearly as well as that left-hand side from memory, correct? Yeah, you'd have to wait and see for the start yeah. of the season. And um, I think they'll be working on that too because you can't have one side. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Let's, let me check the Bulldogs' points per game last year. So they were last in points per game. So I don't think you can really take anything offensively from the Bulldogs last year. No, but that's what I'm saying. If he he averaged 47 in a trash side and they get better. Sorry, second worst attack. Sorry, the Tigers had the worst attack, followed by the Bulldogs. Mm. God. Fair enough. The Bulldogs had the worst uh, net rating last year. They were just so bad. My God. Yeah, they were. They were shocking. All right. We're almost at the end here. Uh, sorry for everyone who switched off and went away, made a cup of coffee, still heard us talking about <laughs> Jacob Kraz on a frigging Parramatta Eels podcast. Sorry, it's 11.30 at night. We've gone a bit wild. Let's get to the last guy because there is one more guy that we've got to talk is about. There? Is there? Is there? Jake, oh, sorry, Joey Lussick. You mean so, the only truly fantasy relevant guy we saved to last? <laughs> yeah. Um, Human lane. Nah, okay, sure, what, what do you got? What do you got? What do you got? Okay. Lusick is the interest of us because BA said a couple of weeks ago he doesn't like bench hookers and wants his hooker to play 80 minutes. So with Brendan Hands actually being a half, he jumped in the hooker to fix an issue after Hodgson went down with his career-ending injury mid-season. We see Lusick possibly getting the role and definitely doing well. 
So he's got a 0.63 PPM in the role when starting, which puts him at around a 50 average over 80 minutes. And so even if this goes down because he's playing the full 80 and it goes down to 45 points, we find 12 points worth of value immediately. If he gets that 50, it's 17. So it's a boom time, baby. So he is now 100% in my squad. Or as the soundboard says, You just made the list! You just made the list! <laughs> <laughs> so he made both of our lists, apparently. So <laughs> find the cash, stick him on your bench, profit when you sell him somewhere between rounds nine, the round nine buy and round 16, depending on your cover. Uh, he's perfect backup cover. And if for some reason you find yourself starting with Appy Coruscant in your squad, uh, as I'm half thinking about if he's kicking goals, he can be a round one wow. quicker cover. Yeah, I've got him starting at the moment. I'm just really struggling to uh, keep under the cap at the moment with no cheapies. So, um, oh look, I think it might. Do you think it's safe to pencil in just like a couple of two fifties and just whoever it is, and then just switch him out on the day, like on TLT? As long as you only got a couple, you certainly are. Yeah, but I mean, you've I mean find two, the, two or three. You've yeah. got to find the right guy. So in my squad so far. Not to bore the listen at home too much, but the guys, the cheapies, which I have penciled in that I'm really keen on. Yep. So, like, abs- under 300K guys. Yep. Kale Iroh at the center yep. uh, for the we'll, – we'll get to him on the Sharks pod, but he's, he looks an absolute stud, like New South Wales Cup Player of the Year 2022 good. Uh, I have Sam Hughes, who's got huge wraps from everyone, much the same way as Jacob Preston got wraps last year, mm. so at the Bulldogs. So he's a middle mm-hmm. forward. And with Ryan Sutton out of in surgery and out for the next eight weeks, uh, it looks like Sam Hughes might be getting a role at 250K. We've got Danny Levi, who looks to be the starting hooker at the Raiders, 286K. We've got KO Weeks, 252K, looks to be the starting six at the Raiders. And I've got Chevy Stewart, who looks to be the starting fullback, 230K at the Raiders. Okay. Okay. Now, oh, that's probably- yeah, There's definitely going to be a couple from the Raiders, isn't there? There Maybe is. Like they've, two or three. They've churned through a few players there. They've got a few retiring. So, mm. but I've also got relatively cheap Schuster, Flanagan, Raymond Fatala, Mariner, like a whole bunch of guys. But you you could end up uh, Brendan Piacura at the Broncos, guys like that, Angus Crichton. Mm. 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 So, anyway. That's where I'm at with my squad at the moment. It's just around how do you make it all work, right? Yeah, the cap the cap just feels pretty brutal, hey. It's Plus, making, um, especially yeah. if you do end up doing what you convinced me to do, which is get clear in Heinz. Yeah, I just think that makes sense if you can if you can make it work elsewhere. Um it's just great value in the edges and mids, really. So yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. Well, look, I think we've wandered far enough on that one. So from the Parramatta Eels, let's look, just look last one really quickly at the draft side here. So is there anyone who you have pretty high on your draft list from this one or you think has got sneaky value, Nick? I don't know about you. Obviously, Lusick. Lusick is probably the cheeky one um, who's really going to outperform. He might be right towards the bottom where his projection is just going to be stupidly above. Um, that's probably one that stands out to me, mate. Yep. Now, me too. Uh, I'd also have Dylan Brown as a guy who, if you miss out on the first couple of rounds of halves, you might be able to pick up there. Um, obviously, Will Penasini in that center role is one of the better centers, so you might be able to pick him up. And uh, I definitely, Jermaine Hopgood, if he's where you are in the first round, right? And the essentially. If he's available, just pick him. Uh, I'd have him just below. Who would I have him just below? Just Hines, Clary Hines, right? Hines, Cleary. I probably have him below Ponga. 
And yeah, maybe, maybe. I'd just go, do the uh, diff- over Ponga, but yeah. There we go. Okay, so somewhere between the first three and the first five. So go and grab him. Uh, For sure. Yep, excellent. Well, look, with that in mind, I think we'll wrap up there. So this is the Boom and Bust NRL Fantasy Podcast, Parramatta Eels Preseason Preview, signing out. Thanks for listening to the Boom or Bust podcast. Make sure to subscribe and check out our Facebook page for more info.